0: Good morning church. It's a real joy to be with you and get to share with you today. My name is Timmy. I've been part of the SPS family since 2014 and since the tail end of 2018 I've been the church treasurer which means I get to look at spreadsheets like the Excel geek that I am and lead meetings with the team here to ensure that our church, your church, is being run in the best possible way when it comes to our finances. And I can tell you that between Reverend Phil, who, in case you didn't know, is one of the best connected leaders and most shrewd negotiators the Church of England has ever known, and Katie Taylor, our amazing operations manager who works incredibly hard behind the scenes to keep SPS running smoothly, the church finances are in good hands. Both 2019 and 2020 saw us deliver budget surpluses, meaning that as planned, we spent less than was generated in income which was a great answer to prayer and meant that we as a church family could be even more generous in building and blessing our community and sharing the love of Jesus. Then we hit the most uncertain times in modern history, but I'll talk more on that later. Today, I will be continuing our series on discipleship, the making disciples part of our fantastic and inspiring SPS vision to make disciples, transform communities and plant churches. Phil started the series reminding us that part of our discipleship is about being leaders wherever we are, whilst also leaning on Jesus to strengthen and help us as we do so out in our wider community. Last week, Mark spoke about the importance of community and discipleship and how it can be a gift that keeps on giving because being in community is just so contagious. If you think back to that crazy dancing video. And then it was great to see everyone get involved around the room as he launched our new docs. And can we just take a moment to appreciate how great a name that is for our larger groups? Because I've worked in marketing for many years and rarely, if ever, have I seen a brand identity played out as consistently and effectively as the SPS nautical theme. Good job. So don't be surprised if Saatchi and Saatchi come knocking to headhunt some of the team. Both of those great talks were great reminders of what true discipleship, or in other words, how we follow Jesus day to day looks like both in our church family and outside these walls. Today, I'll be looking at another aspect of discipleship, which actually feeds into and facilitates both our work as a church and our work in the community, our giving, our money, how we handle our treasures, if you like, I last had the privilege of speaking to you as part of our generosity series in the middle of 2019, over two years ago now. So it's been a while, but that was back when the world was a very different place. For example, I'm sure that every one of you in the last 12 to 18 months has at some point said things that you never thought you would regularly say, such as, oh, where did you get that mask from? Or could you pass me the hand sanitizer, please? I think my personal favorite has been, Um, I think you're on mute and Nikki and Gareth and the team can confirm that last one gets used a lot during Alpha Online. Yet, despite all the staggering changes to normal life around us, I'm pleased to say that I know and I have seen firsthand that our God is still the same faithful, loving, caring and compassionate father he has always promised to be. And when I think about discipleship being how we go about life as Christians or little Christ as it is literally translated, then surely that too shouldn't change with the wind or seasons or even tumultuous events around us. And so I just want to remind us of why we give financially in particular. I like to work in threes and I know it gives you a nice concise set of messages to remember from what I've said. So I think it works for us to look at what this form of discipleship looks like in relation to God, ourselves, and others. To help with this, I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses six to 15. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have scattered abroad their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest, the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, people will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So here, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth about how and why they should contribute financially to their shiny new church. And just as mentioned, he lists the reasons relating our discipleship to God, ourselves and others. Firstly, giving shows God that you love and trust him. In verse seven, we read the well-known adage that God loves a cheerful giver. But why? Why? Because giving joyfully back to God shows that we have reached a place of complete trust that as it then says in verse eight, God is able to bless you abundantly. In another translation, it says God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Similar to the promises of Matthew 6. I imagine the parents among us can relate to this, maybe especially when trying to teach children how to share. I have three godchildren, and Aurora is the youngest of, the, of them. Some of you may have met her because she likes to run around SPS waving and smiling at everyone and anyone. Um, and now, As with many young children who have been raised during this period of mask wearing, she has actually learnt to understand facial expressions pretty well as a form of communication. Even just from the eyes, she can tell when you're being playful or happy, uh, but she also knows the look that means, sit down quietly, we're in church, thank you. And in turn, she is just as expressive herself. When asking her to share or just let go of something, I always get a puzzled look back as if to say, but why? That's mine. Completely understandable in fairness, she is wise beyond her years. But when I am then able to return what was taken or even better replace it with a new toy or a bigger piece of food because she's been raised as a proper foodie, I can literally see the joy in her eyes and the trust between us grows ever stronger. Next time, she's less hesitant to share or let go. She comes to know that if she lets go of what I asked for from her hand, it will come back to her eventually like a whole new blessing to be enjoyed. I mean, I don't want or need her toys or food for myself. I eat far too much in comparison to her and none of her toys, let's be honest, will ever be as good as the Lego and Playmobil that I used to enjoy back in the day. But in the same way, God asks us to open our hands and give unto him through our giving to the church, to show that we really do love and trust him with our lives, our livelihoods, and indeed our finances. Because when we do, as Matthew 6, 33 says, all these things, food, drink, clothing, shelter, will be given to you as well. I have testimonies of God's provision, and I'm sure you do also. So first, giving shows that we love and trust God, Secondly, and in relation to ourselves as individuals, giving shows that our hearts are in the right place. In verse 7 of the passage from 2 Corinthians, we are also given some freedom to act on this. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God sees the heart and knows that what is in our hearts typically plays out in our words and actions. If we are striving to be good disciples, striving to be like Jesus, our heart posture should be one that loves and prioritizes a relationship with God our Father over anything else. Anything else, including money or wealth or possessions. Elsewhere in Matthew 6, it also says, and I paraphrase, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. Pretty clear, but I'm sure you're thinking, I don't serve money. I'm not obsessed with riches and wealth. But what about mammon? Now the New King James, the old English version of the Bible, uses the word mammon in place of money. And that is the Aramaic word from the original text defined as wealth or possessions regarded as false subjects of worship and devotion. So what could be the mammon in our lives that blocks our hearts from focusing on and serving God to the fullest? Maybe it's our clothes or our lifestyle, or even our home, you know, the Englishman's castle. How much time and effort and investment do we put into having the nicest possible things and places to live? Has it become the first priority in your life? Or even our cars, which is a difficult one for me, Anyone will tell you I like to drive a nice run around. And yeah, in fact, my argument is that when I started driving and got my first car, it was a 10 year old bright blue Fiat Punto SX that we called Linford after the sprinter Linford Christie because it was old but quick. But it used to need repairs every three months and did this thing where it would rev its own engine at the traffic lights, making everyone around you think that you wanted to get into a race with them like a scene out of Fast and Furious. So I actually like the convenience of having a nice car that works all the time, but maybe I need to check myself that it doesn't become the focus of my heart. All God asks is that we don't let anything take priority over him. If he is the priority of our hearts, He knows that we will choose to invest back into him and the church, like the sower in verse 6, who sows generously to reap generously. Because from verse 10, we also know that he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that's God, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. For me, that is an amazingly comforting reassurance to receive from our omnipotent, our all-powerful God who sits on his throne high above all things. Especially given the period we are in, the difficult financial situations that many of us, myself included, may have found ourselves in during this time, God is still in control and wants to know through our continued giving, even in the midst of trials, that we love him, that we trust him, and that we are keeping our hearts focused on him. Finally, living out discipleship through giving helps meet the needs of others. When I look at the budget for our church and where we as an organization put our funds, I'm always so pleased to see how much goes towards spreading the good news of Jesus, both within our church community and also, perhaps even more importantly, to those outside who haven't yet made it through our church door. All the work and outreach we do to spread the love of Christ and draw people to faith is largely funded by your giving through tithes and offerings. And so I must take this opportunity to say thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to be generous and sowing into the life and work of this church, particularly during the last 18 months. I also must take this opportunity to encourage you to continue or start or reflect on your giving, as we know that giving is an area of our ministry that has also taken a hit of late. After our series on generosity in 2019, we saw an amazing outpouring of giving from church members, reaching new highs in our monthly income, and we saw this continue into 2020. This year, 2021, unfortunately, we find ourselves quite significantly down on giving. The truth is, in many ways, 2021 has been tougher than 2020, starting with Christmas being cancelled, and then we went into the toughest lockdown in winter. Furlough ended for many. Much of the impact of 2020 has really begun to hit us in 2021. There is still a lot of uncertainty and a lot of anxiety. And while we are excited to be back worshipping together and we can see God on the move in us and through us, In this season of recovery, the numbers of people worshipping with us in person, on site, is down by about a third compared to the start of 2020. And as a direct result, our giving income is down about 15%. And that's a big part of our budget. Now, this is a time for vision and we are excited about where God has brought us to in this season. But we also want to be real and transparent and honest that we are living in tough times, all of us. And whilst we know that this is certainly due in no small part to COVID and what is going on in the world around us, we are also in a period of transition as a church, with some members moving away from here or London altogether, and a whole wave of wonderful new arrivals joining our church family. So it is actually a great time to talk openly and honestly about giving, being part of our discipleship, just as coming together in docks and groups is as well. Giving regularly to the life of the church is biblical. And in the passage, we are even reassured that through us, that's through the church, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. I have been blown away by the many ways in which SPS and other churches have reached out to support people, be a blessing to people and uplift people in these times. From the telephone calls to isolated individuals during lockdown, to food deliveries keeping cupboards stocked, our youth work is getting started again across the highway and we'll soon be gearing up for another winter night shelter all these ministries are delivered as a result of your giving allowing us to meet the needs of others the church is a great conduit for us as individuals to be able to support those around us who we couldn't otherwise reach so how should you give there are three p's to this our giving should be a priority think first fruits first thought when the paycheck hits, a conscious and deliberate decision to sow into the kingdom before anything else. Where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Then it's helpful to think percentage. Various places in the Bible specify 10% of our crops or income in today's language. I have heard it said that keeping 100% of your income for yourself is great, but having 90% with God's blessing is even better. And I truly believe that. Now, this isn't a legalistic thing. Remember, again, verse seven from our second Corinthians reading. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For some of us, 10% will be too much. Some of you may feel it's too little. The important thing is that we start somewhere. Because my last P is progressive. Once we start giving, we then get to go on that journey with God. I know that many people in our church family have felt called to go even beyond 10%. Let God lead you on that. Or perhaps he wants you to offer yourself or your resources in a different way. I'm really excited as we go into Romania next month with Abbey and the Cry in the Dark charity. I felt challenged during this period when there was no travel at all, that many of the trips I used to take abroad were really just to sit on beaches, explore some sites, catch a tan that I probably don't need and not do much by way of sewing into the kingdom. So I prayed about it and within a few weeks, Abby happened to be right here talking about her upcoming trip to Romania. I mean, I would cheekily have loved a mission trip to somewhere exotic like Barbados, I don't know, but it's going to be amazing to be able to help renovate the home of these poor children who would otherwise be living in squalid conditions. There is always more that we can do, and I would love for you to take this opportunity to consider your own giving. Think about the priority, the percentage, making it progressive. As I close, why not visit sps.church.com forward slash give wherever you are and reflect on the different giving options. Can you give regularly by standing order? This is a great blessing as it helps us with budgeting and knowing what to expect each month. Or would you prefer to tap, tap, tithe here in the church building using the card machine? I'm pleased to say it has been reinstated at the new giving stand with hand sanitizer ready to go. Or is God asking you to search your heart and your budget to do even more? Phil and I are always around and are happy to talk through this whenever you need. Or you can reach us by email treasurer at sps.church, but my encouragement and prayer for you today is that as you take a step of faith to give consistently, God will in turn meet you at your point of need. Trust in him, keep your heart in the right place, and give so that others might be impacted. As I close, let's just take a moment to reflect on our own giving, where our hearts are at, and I'll pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open our hearts to continue our generosity towards you and those around us. Lead us in the best ways to give unto you and bless the work of our hands as we sow into the kingdom. Thank you, Father. Amen.